Hello, and we are back with the Bonora Podcast. And today, we will be going over the NBA, LSU, both basketball and football, the Astros, and a little bit of Copper Drop, Jersey Edition. Jersey Edition, good, good. Okay. I love jerseys. You do. Not like a grown man wearing somebody else's name on their back. Okay. Okay. So we are going to start off with the Pelicans. Um, we need to pull for the Cavs. Do you want to Is explain that where you them? want to start? Okay, we'll Do start want, there. Then. Would you like to explain to them why? All right. In the trade, they got us Jackson Hayes and Walker Alexander. We got Cleveland's first-round pick from the Hawks. But if that first-round pick finishes in the top 10, Cleveland gets to keep it, and we get, like, two future second-round picks that probably won't be worth anything. So if we want to keep this extra first-round pick, then Cleveland's pick has to fall out of the top 11. Would we get it this year? We would get it this year. We would get the 11th to 12th pick in the draft this year, which really isn't going to matter because it's a terrible draft. Would you take the pick and draft somebody, or would you – Trade it to get some type of value. Well, it depends on what's available, but if you could trade that, with a, we got two two second round picks and our own first round. You could package those together, either bring in a veteran or a higher draft pick mm-hmm. this year or next year. Next year's draft is supposed to be a, a lot better than this year's draft. Nikhil actually a day ago got assigned to the G League. That's about right. You know, I was surprised he got as much run as he got this year already. But now that uh, I think what they were waiting for was uh, uh, Melly to kind of acclimate himself to America and get used to being here and being in the NBA. And he's, he's been playing here. really well. And uh, How did he do last night? Uh, last night, I think he had another 10-point night. Very high uh, uh, percentage shooting. And, uh, I mean, it's just really the defensive rotations has been the surprising part. I, I, I didn't He's think. Been great. Yeah, I mean, he, he played off the ball defensively a couple of nights ago. He got 10 points last night, went one of three from three-point, and went four for seven from field goal. Right, so four for seven, shot over 50%, scored 10 points. That's uh, he's nice. six foot ten. He built like a man. I mean, Walker Alexander, to be honest with you, when we drafted him, I thought he was a guy that uh, could shoot. Thought he'd have trouble playing defense because he's so skinny and so slight and so young. And looks uh, like Jalen. Yeah, I don't know if anybody out there knows who that is, but yeah, Jalen. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a small shooter. Uh, not much else to his offensive game, and I don't think he's big enough to really defend in the NBA. So uh, it, was, it was about expected. Now we're starting to get to that playoff push. The rotation's been. Um, trimmed to about eight a night. Last night they played ten, but I think that was only because the score got out of hand. And um, so the score got out of hand. We went a little bit deeper. I think they played 10 guys, maybe 11 at the end when they cleaned the, cleared the bench. But in the big games, uh, the last couple of weeks, the week before the uh, All-Star game and, and now this past week, it's really been an eight-man rotation, you know, the five starters, uh, Melly, Reddick, and, um, and Josh Hart, really is the, the, the eight guys we've been playing. Anybody else, even Jackson Hayes has only got a, a couple of minutes here and there mop-up duty and, uh, you know, when we get a little bit of foul trouble on favors and those guys. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's not not surprising that he's been assigned and it's not surprising uh, that Jackson Hayes' minutes have uh, have been cut down to right. necessary. 
right. And we also need to pull against the Grizzlies. We are only two games behind, and I think we can get into that eighth seed because they have a pretty hard schedule ahead. They have the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Bucks, us two games in a row, then the Celtics, Raptors twice, Mavericks again. All playoff teams. They got all playoff teams to end up. By the the time, Nuggets, right. and then the 76ers. Right. By the time they get to us, but you know, they, they <laughs> we could be in the eighth spot. They could be in a nice spot in, in a week and a half when we go to Memphis. I mean, it's it's conceivable. Um, you know, you hope you play well tomorrow night against the Lakers, win or lose, uh, LeBron or no LeBron. I was very encouraged the other night um, when we went to L.A. You know, I mean, it was an even game except for, you know, really except for the moments when LeBron was out there. He had one of those nights. But I thought uh, – I thought our twos, I thought our second team played great against their second team. I think we showed that we're a deeper team than those guys. I mean, they they're they're um you know, they're front end loaded, obviously with LeBron and A D and then LeBron, there's a, a D, JaVale's doing really good this yeah, year. Yeah, but still JaVale, I mean uh, he, he he's a he's a cliche cliche of an NBA center. Danny he's a Green. big guy. Right. Danny Green's probably their next best player who's got a lot of uh, a lot of playoff experience, makes a lot of big shots. Uh, Kuzma, I think, has been a disappointment, even though he's playing yeah. better now, coming off think, the bench. I think it's his hair. Uh, yeah, his hair is disgusting. It's so sad. No, but um, my boy Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, we got to find a way to to, to uh, defend Caruso. You know, I mean, it's not. Be honest with you, if he wasn't a Laker, I'd love that guy. You know, I love the big thick hair, uh, headband, the bald head. Just a big nerdy looking dude who can get to the goal, and uh, just the kind of guy, uh, you know, like there's a there's a kid on the uh, Kenner All Stars that looks like him, uh, big, just a nerdy, nerdy white dude oh, running around. Nice talking about you. Thanks. No problem. All right. Um, when you were talking about LeBron and how we played against the Lakers and how you were convinced. What killed us, and what can we do to fix that? <laughs> find somebody that can guard LeBron. I, I don't we know who that is. We need to find somebody that can guard LeBron, and we need to get rebounds. Well, I mean, I don't think we're going to find help. That's the problem. There's nobody out there, even even in the second. Like Favors did against the Cavs. He had 15 rebounds. If he could get yeah, and there's nobody on around the, that. And there's nobody on the Cavs that looks like LeBron <laughs> or AD. I mean, they, they – uh, uh, so I mean, if, hopefully we can figure out a, a a some kind of defensive scheme that will be able to at least slow LeBron and AD down, and because it was clear the other night that if it falls, um, you know, past Danny Green, then they're in trouble. You know, they they they, they we I think we we outman them one to eight. But I think one, two, three, I mean, they, you know, they, they got two of the best players in the league and a guy that's played in four finals. So, Danny LeBron. Green. Oh, Danny Green. Danny Green. He played for – He was with the Raptors last year and he was with the Spurs for – I think he played – So, him and two. Kawhi have that chemistry. Yes. Okay. Um, My opinion on how we – the Pelicans are going to do the rest of the way this season. I'm saying around 16-6, and 15-7. and seven. Um, I think we're going to lose to the Lakers, and we did. The Mavs. 
He haven't beat them once. The Clippers, who have Kawhi or Paul George. Um, and the way that the NBA is, we're probably going to choke away two or three. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's nights where a lesser team's going to come in here and uh, and get a win, or we're going to go on the road and uh, you know not play well either. You know, the fear was last night. You know, last night was prime to be that spot to to, to play a Cavs team that's not very good, uh, sandwiched between a couple of Lakers games uh, last night. But for them to really just smash that team with the exception of uh, two runs uh, early in the, in the middle of the third and late in the game when it was out of hand. I mean, we, we, we pounded that team last night. And that's, yeah. that's a good sign because that would have been a place where we could have either been licking our wounds from losing in L.A. or looking ahead to the Lakers, you know, uh, um, preparing too, too early yeah. for the Lakers. So it was nice to see that focus, to see Lonzo play as well as he did. He was phenomenal. Brandon, Zion. And, uh, it's, Brandon and Zion combined for 53 points last night. They did. It's pretty and, crazy. And Lonzo had 13 assists before his first turnover. Yeah. And on his first turnover, he ran down, made a steal, got the ball back. <laughs> and turned it in, into an alley oop on the other end for Zion. So uh, uh, he's but he's he's my favorite player behind Zion. I like Brandon, but Lonzo is just a heck of a player. Yep. All right. All right. At the end of the season, what do the Pels do with Brandon Ingram? What do you think? Oh, he gets a max deal. Max. Yeah, I mean he's yours. Coming he's, off the rookie deal. Yeah, he's your property. Uh, you have the right to refusal. I mean, you got the money, whether you have the money or not. He gets a max deal. He's an all star. Um, I mean, really entering into his prime, uh, you give him the max three, four, whatever it is, and uh, yeah, you extend him for as long as you can, just like uh, Anthony Davis, uh, just like uh, Chris Paul before that. Um, you know, there's there there is no reason. Uh, knowing that you control his rights for you to not just write the check. What about Derek Favors? I know he's been doing great for us getting those rebounds, the very little rebounds we've been getting. I think he's, he's doing everything he can. a great post player. I know he can't do yep. much on defense, but if you give him the ball in the post, he will find a way to well, – Actually, he's a very get... good def defender. The problem is are not – you know, you don't see anybody else's center scoring on us. Yeah. Considering he's undersized, he does a great job. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not going to go out on the perimeter and guard LeBron. That's not his thing. But he, he, he from block to block, uh, high post to low post, he can defend anybody. Shoots a very high percentage. Um, a good rebounder. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that's uh, now that he's getting his time uh, playing behind uh, who was it? Where was he at? Jazz Jackson. before playing behind Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. Uh, an all-star for all the those years. three-time defensive player of the year. Right, you know, so it kind of got overshadowed. So now he's getting a chance to do that. I think you do everything in your power to bring him back. Uh, him and J.J., I think both of those guys are, are, are two guys. J.J. That, still has yeah, a year left. Yeah, but I think that option is is his option. I think that's a player option. He can walk after one year. And um, so that's J.J.'s. That's going to be J.J.'s decision. And I think you got to do everything you can to, to make J.J. – Come back, want to come back. You make favors, want to come back. Uh, you know, you need those two. I I'd like to see one more year out of each of those veterans uh, before we just turn it over. You know, those young guys are 
coming into their own, Lonzo, Brandon, and Josh, but uh, I still think you need a couple of old pros that can that can still play and start and come off the bench to to, to bridge that gap, especially when you know Jackson Hayes and those guys aren't ready to, you know, play 30 minutes. He's just not. No matter how exciting he is when he gets the ball, he's not ready to be a 30-minute NBA center. Yeah. Um, Zion, due to last night, makes the all-time list for most 20-plus point games as a rookie out of 14 games with 12. He is behind Wilt Chamberlain with 14. Not a big surprise. No. And uh, Elvin Hayes with 13. Oh, no, 12. They're tied. First teenager with 10 20-point games in a row. In a row. In a row. There's a lot of teen, great teenagers that have yeah. played in this league. That's right. Kobe. That's LeBron. That's Melo. Um, Garnett. I mean, all of those guys were 18, 19 years old when they came into this league. Was AD? Uh, was he? Anthony Davis may have still been 19 years old when he came into the league also. He only played one year at Kentucky. Um, so, yeah, he was probably a 19-year-old when he was a rookie. And to put 10 – not only does he have 10 20-point games, I think he's got them in a row, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And that is uh, – that's incredible. And he's just a monster. You, 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 when, he takes off, when, he, when he takes off the ground, he's so quick. I mean, when they talk about him yeah. – you yeah. know, being like a mutant and just. Who do you think what he would be like as a player? Who would who do you think he he would be like built, and who do you think he would be like skill wise? Well, I think the guy that not enough people say because he got hurt and it, it shortened his career. But I keep telling, I keep t- I told you this, and I and I and I told uh, you, you know anybody that'll listen, Larry Johnson. When Larry Johnson came out of UNLV and was the number one pick of the Charlotte Hornets, he was about 6'6", and he was chiseled out of stone. He was muscle, and he was fast. Man, go go Google Larry Johnson or Grandmama. and body-wise? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, just muscle on top of muscle. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, 250-plus <laughs> pounds could jump out the gym uh, and, and could throw you three rows deep into the stands if he needed to, I, I think, his, his body build. Now, people say Charles Barkley, and that's uh, and, and, and that's close, you know, because of their size. They're so big. All right. Uh, a lot of people say that Charles Barkley is a fatter, more bigger guy. If you <laughs> punch him in the stomach, I bet you would feel abs. Yeah, go ahead and punch Charles Barkley. Let's see how that goes. That's the guy he threw through a window. Uh, how you know what it's like to step to Charles Barkley? Um, I mean that dude's—he—he he was a monster when he played, and and but yeah, Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson before the back injury. Those are the guys that that I see um, when I watch him play. I, you, know, you know, Charles Oakley might be the next guy, but Oakley never had half that offensive game. He couldn't score um, the way this guy does. It's crazy about Zion. You watch him play. He gets a million rebounds in one play. Never gets the ball to go in. It's crazy. He'll get the rebound, put it back up, miss. He'll get it back. Yeah, but he gets every up, one of those rebounds. Yes, yes. Right. He jumps twice look before him, the other. Look at him against Dwight Howard against the Lakers right. last night. He jumps There's twice before times. before the other guy jumps once. His second jumps quicker than your first jump. Yeah, yeah. Who deserves more playing time and who deserves less playing time? 
more playing time. Hmm. I'd say. I mean, that's tough. I, I I think our rotation is right where it needs to be. I mean, yeah, but you say Jackson, but who whose minutes are you taking away to give to Jackson? I would be taking away. I mean, Melly Melly six ten can defend and shoot the three ball, which means he can space Take the floor. Take away Frank Jackson's time. Okay. All right, I can see that, but he's a- not same position, though. Not same spot in the rotation. Okay. I mean, if you're talking about spot in the rotation, you're talking about Zion, you know, you're talking about fours and fives. That's Zion, that's Melly, that's Favors. You know, those are the guys that play in that spot. And I just don't know where, you know, less. Josh Hart. Um, Who deserves less? Ooh, man. I don't know about that. I, I don't know where, where you go with that. All right. So our uh, I tell you, who, I tell you who needs more. I tell you who needs more is JJ Reddick. I think JJ's minutes has dwindled. I know he got injured the other night. But what's amazing about him? You could put him in for fifteen or ten minutes. He's still going to get you twelve points. Right, and I think I think that leadership, a guy who's been in the playoffs thirteen of thirteen years, yeah. uh, I think uh, I'd like to see him out there. Um, space on the floor but then again i think that's why melly's getting run and not him is because he's big enough to to eat to rebound to get um to, to be able to defend post players uh, i think if melly's improvement continues on defense by the time we get to the playoffs he's going to have a big role in our defensive rotation against the lakers i really believe that not saying he's going to guard lebron but i think he'll be part of a defensive rotation and a defensive plan to slow down LeBron and AD because he's 6'10". Because he's 6'10", he's big enough to at least help uh, play some kind of zone maybe and, and give some help to to Drew, the beat air behind Drew on a rotation uh, against those two guys. All right. Do any Pels players win awards by the end of the season? I think Zion, if he does not win it, will be in the top two or three because Ja – played all season and has been having a phenomenal season. And everybody's underestimating if we met Kobe White. Kobe I don't White, think yeah. he's going to be in it because of how many little wins they have. Right. And the other side of the bracket or other side of the spectrum he's going to be on, but he could be a possible. Kobe White might get some uh, – it's Ja and it's Zion. And if we make the playoffs and people look back to the beginning of the year and go, this team lost – 13 games in a row was that the the pelicans lost 13 games in a row the most in the history of the organization literally hit the lowest point in franchise history and then make the playoffs and beat out john Morant. i don't care if he only plays 25 games that's a guy who's gonna obviously get uh a lot of votes and you can't watch him i mean he's on tv every night and uh i mean you really just can't watch him play and not think this guy is uh you know he he needs to be out there they were seven and 23 before he came seven and 23 before he came they had the worst uh, they lost 13 in a row this was when we were like 12 now we're right. nine right and we wound up you know 19 wins 19 of our last 29 we're 19 and 10 and our last and I, now and some of those came before he came back. But you can't look at 17 and 23 
and 13 losses in a row and watch the way this guy plays. And every night they say, every night they say he's done something nobody else has ever done before. Yeah. Every night. Yes. I don't care if he only plays 25 games. He's the best rookie in the the league as Morant's team just plummets out and we fly past him. All right. And now we're going to move on to the entire NBA. So, who's your MVP? Oh, it's John. Wait, wait. Another um, award that might happen. Brandon Ingram as most improved, but the two people that are ahead of him right now are Bam Adebayo, who won the Skills Challenge and made his first um, All-Star appearance, uh-huh. and Jason Tatum, who has had more 30-point games this season than his past three seasons combined. So it's a well, – it's, it's – it's, I think it's Brandon Ingram, and here's why I'll say that. Bam Adebayo, first of all, skills competition, you can throw that out. That ain't got nothing to do with playing in a game. All right. Uh, and he plays in the East. Yeah. And Tatum's on a team that's already a playoff team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy went from basically being run out of L.A. by LeBron to being an all-star on a playoff team in the West. Yeah. And his average points last year, I think, was like 15. And now it is. Oh, he's averaging over 25, I believe. Now it is. Um... Come on, you just had it up. Get to it. Um, 24.8. 24.8. So 25 points a game. Yeah. So, you know, he increased his scoring average by 10 points, became the leading scorer on a playoff team, a team that was a lottery team last year in the Western Conference. I mean, he's he, – you're going to have to convince me somebody else should be the most improved player uh, in the NBA if it's not him. All right, so now we are going to move on to LSU. Basketball is the first thing. Muhammad Abdul Rauf jersey was hung today in the rafters. He uh, had the greatest freshman season ever and beat number one Georgetown with a bad team. Yep. And averaged about 26 points per game. He averaged 30 as a freshman. And... Shaq said that he's the greatest LSU basketball player of all time. What do you think about that? He is – he's my Pistol Pete because I wasn't old enough to watch Pistol play. I just heard stories. Yeah. Watching Chris Jackson his freshman year at LSU, I had never seen anything like it. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. He was the first guy to walk the ball across half court and shoot a three-pointer and go back on defense without running any offense. He had the smoothest move, baseline move, right hand, take the ball to the baseline, through his legs, behind his back, reverse layup you'd ever seen. The ball looked like a yo-yo. It didn't matter what he did with it. It always came back to his hand. He was incredible. He overcame Tourette's. Uh you know, it was unfortunate he got blackballed from the NBA when he became a Muslim oh. because he was refusing to stand for the uh, for the national anthem. Uh, you know, nowadays that would have been that that would have, but that was a tough time for him. He made a decision on his religion, and it probably why it took thirty years for him to get his number retired. Uh, you know, because this is a, a heavy Christian and a in a very uh, uh, pro American state, 
And I think a lot of LSU people who knew him as Chris Jackson and wanted him to be CJ forever um, didn't understand why uh, Abdul Rauf was that's the way life is was hiding in the in the tunnel because he didn't want to be a part of the national anthem. So but that's um, how that's the way life is. If you right. do something in your life, you change it. So like Luau Center, but he uh, but I know Luau, You're right, and there's there's still people today. Uh, you know, right? We don't. He we don't, changed his name. They didn't throw him out. He became top yeah. five player. Yeah, but he was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, that that's different. He, I mean, I mean, Chris Jackson was great, but he wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he was playing in Denver. He wasn't playing in L.A. You know, or or, uh, or winning championships. He was the most amazing player I ever watched at LSU. I mean, Shaq and Stanley Roberts were humongous. Uh, and, and to watch the two of those stories of Pete Maravich, right? And stories of Pete Maravich, but for me. That freshman year that Chris Jackson played, if they were on TV, and it wasn't like now where every game's on TV or the internet, that was, you know, it's coming on, sit down. And that night in the Superdome against Georgetown and him and Ricky Blanton and Dennis Tracy found a way, Wayne Sims found a way to beat that team that was just loaded with talent. Uh, It was amazing. It was amazing. He, he, He was incredible. All right. What are your thoughts on how they have been playing this year? Up and down. Um, you know, there was a time this year where it looked like they were they were really going to be one of those teams that could get to the tournament and make a run. It doesn't look that way now. Um, threw away a game against Auburn, and they just haven't been the same. Now they got a nice win today. They got a, a – I won't say it was a must win, but the lose at home against Texas A&M would have been a killer. You know, if they and win, and on Abdul, and on Chris Jackson's day, right? I think you know if they they got one more game against Georgia in the regular season, if they get that win, they'll be a top four seed in in the SEC SEC tournament, which gives them a double bye, uh, which I don't really think helps because that means they're going to play a quality team. Um, and in but, the middle of the season, after they went they went down, um, Will Wade literally told the team and the media. That if he had any other options for the team, he'd pick them over the starters. <laughs> well, I think he was just trying to light a fire under his team. But uh, I think I, I think regardless of what happens, I think they're an eight seed or a nine seed in the tournament. I think they get in because in the NCAA tournament, not eighth or nine ranked okay. team. There's four regions. Oh, okay. So you're talking about them being a top 30 team. I think they're a top 30, 35 team right now, uh, which would put them as an eight or a nine seed. I think if they beat Georgia, get their double bye. Uh, now, you go to the SEC tournament and you win three games, and two of those games are Auburn and Kentucky, Florida and Kentucky, Florida and Auburn. If those are two of your three wins and you win the SEC tournament, you might creep up to a five, you know, a six seed. But I think right now, I think they're solidly in. If they beat Georgia and win one game at the SEC tournament, they're probably an eight seed. If they beat Georgia and lose in the first round, then they're probably a nine seed. All right, now to move on to football. Kevin Falk will become the running back coach. I know he was a great player. You were able to see him just run us through it in like a couple seconds because we're short on time. One of the greatest LSU players of all time. He's still our leading rusher. He's uh, If he's not still the SEC's all-time all-purpose yardage guy. He's in the top two or three. Uh, this is a guy that won three Super Bowls. This is a guy who Tom Brady, when they reti- when they 
put him in the Patriot Hall of Fame, Tom Brady gave the induction speech and said he was the greatest teammate he had ever played with. All right, and I'm going to go through the 10 players for LSU who are in the draft. I want you to tell me yes or no if they are first-round picks. Joe Burrow. First. Justin Jefferson. First-round pick. Caleb Vaughn. First round. Delpit. Uh, should be a first rounder. I'm hoping once he's healthy, his pro day will go well. He'll be a first rounder. Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton. I have no idea. I think there's going to be a team that's going to really love him and take him in the first round. Uh, but he got overshadowed by Stingley. He might slip to the second. Elair. Uh, second rounder. Cushionberry. Second or third rounder because of the position he plays. Thaddeus Moss. Uh, third to fifth rounder. All right. Uh, Damian Lewis, second to th- second to fourth rounder, like just like Cushenberry, because the position's not a premier position. And my favorite player's name, Sadiq. Sadiq Charles. Uh, I think Sadiq Charles is going to surprise people. I-, I think he's going to go around round uh, three or four. Uh, you know, he's a guy who-, who played a big role. Only played in the important games. All right. So the Astros. All right, and that is going to end us all. Oh wait, one last thing. Are you still a fan of the Astros? Still a fan of the Astros. I'm actually pulling for the Astros because I'm just tired of all the whatever. People have been cheating in baseball for 150 years. Black guys Sox. stole guys stole the Black Sox. Guys stole signs. Guys used steroids. Guys used cork bats. Uh, pine so tar. Salons, uh, uh, pitchers that put Vaseline on balls. Scuffed balls. Baseball. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying in baseball. Uh, and I hope they win 162 games and shove it right in everybody's ear. All right, and this will end off the podcast. Thanks for coming. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, and see y'all.